The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 1. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week on Insight Sunday we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. For those of you who don't know, Rivka Holzer is the co-founder of Stream My Dream a live stream service with a mission to elevate the virtual wedding experience on both sides of the screen. Rivka has been running events since she was in Barnard College, planning student activities, high-profile events, including an Idita Menzel concert. She's been involved in planning weddings, bar and bat mitzvahs, and corporate galas. And I can tell you, I personally know how much Rivka loves helping clients through the most exciting and, of course, stressful times in their lives. And she's an exquisite baker, delighting friends and family with fancy cakes and pastries. On today's episode with Rivka Holzer, we cover how Stream My Dream came into being. We also cover the value of being a future thinker and becoming a future shaper, and how to deal with self-doubt and overwhelm. So many great insights on mindset that have empowered Rivka to embark on her entrepreneurship journey to build and grow her company. Before we dive in, I wanted to let you know, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching. If you lead a six or seven plus figure business and experience a drag or dip in your expected or actual growth, if you notice diminishing engagement or passion in your business, if you want to eliminate exhaustion and burnout in yourself or your teams, if you sense that you or your company would grow faster and stronger, if you could just pivot efficiently and effectively, when circumstances change, like they have so much in 2020, then you've got an adaptability problem. Adaptability coaching will give you and your business the psychology and neuroscience-based tools to understand and leverage core adaptability skills through the unique 3D adaptation framework. You can learn to harness and leverage core adaptability skills to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to turn tough circumstances, reactions, and exhaustion into energy, excitement, and excellence for you and your company. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. And now, without further ado, join me in welcoming Rivka Holzer. Welcome, Rivka. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Of course. It's my pleasure to have you. And thanks for grabbing a seat with me on the business couch with Dr. Yishai. My pleasure. 
Yeah. So on Insight Sunday, what we do is we dive into the minds of entrepreneurs and business leaders to uncover insights into how their minds work and extract tangible takeaways to learn and implement. So I wanted to start today with your journey. Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to create Stream My Dream and maybe a little bit about what interests, experience, skills, and events led you down that road? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I've been doing events since I attended Barnard College. And then in March of 2020, as so many people found themselves, I found myself furloughed from my catering company job, um, where I was an event manager. And, you know, it was definitely a tough time. um, But I was also taking the time to really reflect on the event industry as a whole and where I kind of wanted to go from here. And what ended up happening, I just, you know, I started talking to a bunch of people trying, you know, listening to a bunch of different webinars and podcasts about the events industry itself, and just listening to a lot of big people in the industry. And people were talking tech. I'm not a tech person. I don't come from a tech background. But my thought was, what can I add to the wedding industry that it doesn't already have that it might need in the future? Um, And Zoom weddings were really only starting to be a thing way back in March. Like, I I don't think that people were really starting to do it. It was definitely on the fringes, though. And my thought was, I think this is going to become much more mainstream. And I I remember I actually had a conversation with you about that. Um, And Mm. you kind of, you know, gave me that encouragement and feedback that it was definitely an idea worth pursuing. And I spoke to Um, you know, a bunch of other really important people in my life, my parents, friends, and then just like people in the wedding industry in general. And everyone kind of seemed to give me that same, you know, this is a great idea. If If you're thinking about pursuing it, you should go ahead. So I got in touch with a videographer or a live streamer, rather, who kind of doubles as our videographer. And his name is David Goldstein. And, you know, we met on Facebook of all places, because I, you know, posted on a Facebook Videographers Connect Facebook group. And he reached out and said that he could probably help me with, you know, all the things that I was looking for help with. We had an initial phone call, I explained to him what I was kind of looking to do. And he became my business partner having never actually met in person. So (laughs) wow. Yeah. So I want to draw attention to a couple of parts of that that I think are so important and so interesting in terms of thinking about your mindset there. So one is really future forward thinking. One thing I'm hearing is that when you got furloughed is that your immediate thought was like, okay, so this isn't really going to be a possibility or it's going to be hard to sustain. And that also means that the industry is having trouble. And then you started asking yourself, what does the industry then need? Where is it needing to go? And future thinking sounds like it's such an important part of what was and became this process in this stream my dream. Yeah, absolutely. There was definitely a lot of future thinking, along with a lot of self doubt along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I certainly come across that all the time, even now, you know, but yeah, I think also what kind of got me to where I am now is there was very, it was kind of low stakes. The investment was pretty low. I knew how to build a website already. Thank you, Squarespace. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a promotion, um, but it's a super easy website to use. And that was great. I knew how to do that. I had this business partner who also really believed in what I was doing. um, Mm. And we kind of were like on this mission together. And I just kept getting that feedback that like, yes, this is a good idea. And it definitely was a lot of future thinking. 
And I remember having this conversation with you way back when, and you said to me, and I always carry this with me, that, you know, you're kind of on this tip, I think you said like the tip of a wave or something like that. Hmm. Um, and, and other people might follow you, but you're on that like very fringe edge. And so I've kind of like followed through with that because every once in a while I'll have a conversation with people and they're like, oh, so this is just for COVID. Like this hmm. is this new business is just for COVID. And I always say, if it's just for COVID, great. And, you know, and it'll last however long it lasts. But that's not why I started it. I didn't start it because I thought this will be great and, la- you know, give me something to do for a couple months. If that's what it ends up being, that's what it ends up being. But my mindset and thought process was always, this is going to be the future of the wedding industry. I just saw back in March, weddings were starting to become these like very small, intimate gatherings, whereas typically they're not, right? They're invite all, especially, I mean, in the Jewish tradition, <laughs> wedding, which I, you know, which I'm a part of and which the, those are really the weddings that I'm, you know, planning. Weddings are minimum 250, and that's a small wedding. So in the Orthodox Jewish tradition, you know, we're inviting upwards of 300 people. Again, like typically closer to 350, 400 people. That's a typical wedding. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, come COVID, that's all changed. Um, I think people now are just starting to, you know, broach the like maybe 150, 200 person mark, which is still pushing it, but I'm not one to uh, police or (laughs) say Mm -hmm. what other people should or shouldn't be doing. And yeah, so weddings have become a lot smaller. And I think, you know, there are two thought process, two thought processes in this kind of industry. It's one is everything will go back to the way it once was. So once we have a vaccine, once we have herd immunity, whatever that looks like, when you know, when everything opens up, weddings will go back to the 400, 500 person events that they once were. And then there's the other thought process. People are really liking this small wedding situation, this backyard wedding thing that's a Mm. lot more low key, that's still beautiful, a little more intimate. You just have your really close friends and family and we'll zoom everybody else in. And that's kind of like, those are the two divergent thought processes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I fall, you know, somewhere in the middle, but definitely closer to the latter. You know, I think that people are seeing that they can have a hundred or 200 person weddings mass and it can be beautiful and it can just have your close family and friends and not have the entire Jewish world. And it can be really, really lovely and a little more cost effective. It's definitely, you know, we can get into that, but it's not. People have this misconception that small weddings are cheaper weddings and it's just not necessarily the case, but they are more intimate and beautiful. Hmm. So in my opinion, you know, I know that it's probably easy to kind of jump into the math. One of the easiest things that people jump into is like the cost per head and per plate and that kind of thing. And so if you're not having as many people, then that cost goes down, but there are definitely a lot of costs that don't go down. And so there might be like a a bit of a base or baseline that weddings are going to cost anyway. And so that kind of draws my attention. There are a couple of things that you were talking about. One is that divergent mindset about everything's going to go back to normal, which on the one hand, there may be some amount of that, which is kind of interesting, or it might end up happening. And there's also uncertainty around that. And then there's the other thought, which is that people are actually liking and might want in the future to have the wedding be a more intimate, more personal, having only the closest connections, and then to be able to share that with others outside of that space, 
without it being as big a, whether it's financial or social or other kinds of burdens. And, you know, the epidemic is only one example of things that can get in the way for some people, especially if it's travel or there's a destination wedding or there are a lot of people coming from out of town, not even having an option to join in unless they're physically there is very different than being able to have that option. I'm kind of curious if it's okay to come back to a couple of things you were saying. One is that you mentioned having a lot of self-doubt, even though you found yourself getting all of this kind of positive feedback and also thinking about what the future may look like. I'm curious how you think about and respond and handle that self-doubt, because that's something that so many entrepreneurs and business leaders absolutely experience, if not from time to time, then consistently. Oh yeah, absolutely. So how do I handle the self-doubt? I think the number one thing, especially at the beginning, and I still do this all the time. And I mean, I'm still at the beginning, right? Like this is a very new business. Not, I, it certainly has not surpassed that. Like we're, you know, we're flying, everything's go, you know, everything's going super smoothly. We're not at that point at all. Mm-hmm. So self doubt abounds. And I think the way that I deal with it is. I take it very much one step at a time and I have to, or else I get very overwhelmed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember when I was thinking, okay, I have to create a website because, you know, a website, they say, makes it real. So I had to create a website. And anytime I would like think about creating the website, I would just be like, I would shut down and I'd be Mm -hmm. like, I can't, I can't do this. Or I have to have a phone call with my business partner and talk about all these like really big overwhelming, scary things. Cause that means that I'm like, you know, bringing up topics, he might get upset, he might get defensive, I might get defensive. And then I would just like push it off, shut down, you know, what have you. So the way that I talked myself out of that was baby steps. So, okay, you don't have to like talk all these things through, but you know how to have a conversation. You know how to talk to people. You like talking to people. You also know how to like, small, you know, going to like the very, very basic, you know how to pick up a phone and dial numbers. Like that's <laughs> something you definitely do. Mm-hmm. And so really just breaking that down into the smallest, smallest pieces. You have to make a scary phone call to a client. You know how to dial a phone. You know how to say hello. And then it kind of will just go from there. Mm. So if I can just like get myself over that hurdle, you have to build a website. Don't think about building website. Just think about exploring Squarespace and seeing what they have to offer and like have fun with it. And if Mm. a website happens to get built in that process of you having fun, and I remember doing that. And I, you know, when I started building the website, (laughs) you know, Squarespace has these like annoying kind of things about it that once you start one website, you can't really transfer over to another Mm. model, which is kind of frustrating. Um, and that happened and I was like, okay, so this website is not the dream website that I wanted it to be. You know, it's got some kinks in it that I don't particularly like, but that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. someone else, no one else will notice. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. I showed it to friends and family. I showed it to a couple friends who are UI, uh, UX, sorry, UX designers. And, you know, they said that it looks great. So I kind of went from there. So yeah, really bringing it down to those like tiny little steps of, you know how to do this. Hmm. What do you know how to do? Yeah. So I'm hearing that when self-doubt shows up, what it shows up often along with is that overwhelm, which is when there's just like way too much on your plate or you're thinking about the big project or such a, a kind of big set of things, then it's so much. And it's like, no, I can't possibly do all of that. And so your remedy for that, your way of handling that and thinking about it is break it down into 
small steps, smaller, 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 until you get to something that is like, oh no, that's actually easy. Like I can actually, not only can I do that, I can do that in my sleep. And then taking the pressure off of the big thing that's hanging over you, the overload thing, and Mm -hmm. being able to to get to that small thing and say, let me just do that. Let me maybe then see if the next itty bitty little tiny step is something I can do and then see where that goes and being even playful about it in a way, as opposed to just like, I have to do it and I have to do all of it and I have to do all of it now and in this very specific way or have a specific outcome. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly right. And that's such a powerful mindset, especially when you talk about thinking about the future, because a lot of this, what I'm hearing is, and it's true, I think for any entrepreneur, for any business leader, there's so much, it's so important to think about the future and what the future brings and how to adapt to it and, and also how to kind of build into it. It can seem so big and so daunting and being able to consistently take that, break it down into steps to a point where it's like, oh, this is the thing I know and I can do really well, right? Or it's easy for me to do. And then open up more space and time to be able to play with that. And that will help really build those steps. That's such a powerful way of thinking and a really useful way to be able to handle what could otherwise really be overloading or even crippling. So thank you so much for sharing that. Let's jump into the lightning round. I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions. Uh, They don't have to be such long answers, but I just love to hear some of these. So the first question is, do you think that innate talent or skill development is more important in business? I think they're equally important. What type of content have you been consuming lately? This one's embarrassing, but way too much TikTok, which I happen (laughs) to have learned so much about. There are some amazing creators, content creators on TikTok um, Mm -hmm. who are insanely, insanely talented. You know, there are some psychologists on there. There are some therapists on there that I love to follow. Mm. Um, And then there's just some really talented and funny people. And it's just, it's like a great way. It's, you know, you get these like 60 second bites of Mm -hmm. relaxation dopamine to your brain. (laughs) So that is definitely my guilty pleasure at the moment. Yeah. That sounds like a great way to take a break. What is or are non-negotiables in your life, whether that's routines, values, or time that you protect? I would say, you know, surrounding myself with people of integrity but being hmm. having integrity myself, mm-hmm. um, I think is a non-negotiable. Where or how can people find and connect with you and Stream My Dream? Yeah, you can visit our website, www.streammydream.com. Um, you can email us, info at Stream My Dream, or find us on Instagram at Stream My Dream. And we'd love to connect. One other question related to that is, uh, what type of outreach is welcome and what other kind of outreach might be ignored or is unwelcome? We welcome pretty much any kind of outreach. We're really not very closed off. So if you think that you have an idea, you want to collaborate with us or you're planning an event and you want to figure out how we can, you know, help you with that, reach out. We'll see if we can work together. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you so much, uh, Rivka, for joining and sharing your thoughts and wisdom when it comes to being an entrepreneur and co-founder. And also thank you, the listener, for joining us and Rivka, I've known you for years now. We're pretty close and we we talk relatively often. Hearing and seeing this amazing wave that you're really on the tip of and kind of riding out how you think about it, which is that it's not just COVID related. It's not just for the time being. This is a wave of the future and there are things that are changing and our way of life is changing. And so hearing that I think is both inspiring and also so instructive for anybody who wants to kind of take on whether it's something big or something small to start their own company. And the other part of it that I thought was so great that you talked about is 
how we can get overloaded and we can really struggle with self-doubt. And the way that you kind of break that down into small steps and and really handle that is just so amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that for today. I cannot wait to dive deeper into your hard-earned lessons to learn more and talk more on Story Tuesday. Great. Can't wait. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 